welcome back to Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series. I'm Neil. And I'm Tom. Tom, welcome back. How was your hiatus? It was good. Uh, went on a mini vacation. Um, did a little bit of Florence, a little bit of Cape Cod. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I, I was actually pretty inspired for the podcast, especially from the Cape Cod part of things. Oh, well, I hope you found yourself. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I got a new pair of like salmon colored shorts. Oh, wow. Um, that's some that is very appropriate yeah. to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Today, Tom, what series? So this is a new uh, way of doing series on the podcast. We're actually doing a discography this time. And the band we chose was Vampire Weekend. Um, and that's exciting because one of the reasons we started the podcast was because we had a radio show in college, yeah. uh, which was primarily music. And we really wanted to do something involving music on this podcast. So I'm glad we're starting out with uh, Vampire Weekend because we both know them pretty well. Right. Did you ever see them live? I didn't. I'm like, that was, actually, I, it's one of the bands that like got away, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, well, and I, they'll I think probably be touring. They probably will. And they actually play a lot of like secret shows, I think. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, they'll be like, oh, in two days we're playing like two nights. Although that's mainly like in like New York or LA or something. But you never know. It, it could be, or it could be Philly, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Vampire Weekend will be popping up in Philadelphia to do special shows. Well, you know. I, I don't think anyone does. Yeah. I mean, with that subway system, like, it's, it doesn't make it easy. How's the subway system in San Francisco? Is there one? There, so there is. There's like a city subway, and then there's BART. Oh, the um, trolley. No, so that is. There's also that, but BART uh, is like through San Francisco, Oakland, and surrounding areas. It's a great place if you want to get on with a boombox and like do some break dancing for like one stop, and then get into the next car. If you're looking into those. <laughs> Okay. You found the right place. All right. Um, <laughs> so today we're talking about Vampire Weekend. Um, and let's talk a little bit about who is in Vampire Weekend. So uh, the main two people are Ezra Koenig, who is the lyricist and lead singer, and probably guitarist too. Um, and then... The other main person is Rostam Batmangali or something. Okay, I actually had no idea how to say his last name ever, so Um, I'm glad. That's why I made you do the introduction part. Yeah. Um, Uh, The other ones are Chris Thompson, he's the drummer, and Chris Bio, he's uh, the bass. Right. Um, Although Rostam is no longer in the band, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he left Um, in 2016. Yeah. To do some pretty good solo stuff and some other collaborations, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. But before they started Vampire Weekend, um, they all had some other projects going on. Yeah. So they, they were, I think they all met, or at least most of them met at Columbia, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, apparently there was like a rap group, although I'm pretty sure it was a joke. Um. But it was actually with two of the guys in it. So it was mm-hmm. Ezra Koenig and then the drummer, Chris Thompson. And it was called Lom Run, which is like the man run in French. So it was a pretty good start because they got to like include some French in the name of their band to make it a little esoteric. They um, are very they are very esoteric. I think that's one of the defining features of Vampire Weekend. Totally. And like especially in like the first album, it's like they talk about like Cape Cod and crap, but then they're like mm-hmm. doing like African beats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good and, blend. Yeah. And before uh, joining Vampire Weekend, Rostam uh, started Discovery with um, one of the guys from Ra Ra Riot. Yeah. 
who also kind of sound I like I think he sounds a lot like Ezra Koenig yeah I was surprised that it was not Ezra Koenig yeah. actually it's Wes Miles from Rara Riot so yeah. they started Discovery in 2005 then Vampire Weekend formed in 2006 and but Rara I, Riot also got bigger on that same time so Discovery started before Vampire Weekend but they didn't actually publish yeah, album exactly. or any music until 2009. And like, hey, we, should, we have this other stuff. Like, we probably yeah. make more money off this. Yeah. And I think eventually uh, Ezra is actually on one song on the Discovery yeah. album. Uh, I'm not sure which one, though. I'm not but, sure either. But there's like two. There, I remember there are like two big songs and like yeah. big in quotation marks. Swing Tree and Osaka Loop Line. Those are the two big ones. There's another one, too. Um, that's pretty damn good. Um, let me see what it's called. Carby is the one with Ezra. Okay. Uh, so insane is pretty good. Okay, that's actually my favorite one. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll add that to my to listen list. It's pretty good. You can add it to the playlist. (laughs) Um. So. Yeah. Go ahead. So in 2007, um, the band signed to their first label, XL Recording, and then album one was just called Vampire Weekend, and that came out in January 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like when that first came out. So I was in high school. I was like, uh, I guess I was like 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends was like, dude, have you ever heard of Vampire Weekend? I was like, that sounds stupid. Like, because Twilight came out, was out at that time. Yeah. And in my mind, I associated it with Twilight. So I was like, I'm That's, not listening to that crap. That is actually a very interesting point, because did you know that Vampire Weekend contributed a song to the soundtrack to the third Twilight movie? Oh, what song was it? I think I... Jonathan Lowe. That's right. Oh, it's actually that. a really good song. I think you showed that to me because I, I was, was probably I was just surprised. Yeah, there are actually a lot of like normally respectable bands who contributed music to that album. Yeah, they were not good movies. I'm glad I never saw them. I saw I saw one. I saw the second one. I think. Um, so maybe you just, you just needed to see them all together. Yeah, I just I must have just missed <laughs> all the depths, the yeah, exactly. complexity of character development. Yeah, you know, one guy turns from a man into a wolf, and then oh. back. That's pretty. That's probably that's probably right like a commentary on on something in America. You know, <laughs> it's it's a lot of subtext. You know what doesn't make sense though? Wasn't his when he like took his shirt off? Mm-hmm. He had no chest hair. Mm-hmm. When you think a werewolf would have like a ridiculously hairy chest? Now, now the suspension <laughs> of disbelief has broken for those movies, and the, the rest of them won't make any sense. Thanks, Tom. So I was always Team Edward, or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> yeah, it was Edward Edward Cullen. Yeah, and uh, the other one, the Wolf Boy, was um, Jacob. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jacob the Wolf. <laughs> Um, so do you know why, uh, they called themselves Vampire Weekend? I think I do. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's that song called, um, freaking, uh, oh God, what's it called? Hold on. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure. It's on the first album. It's, so there's a song about, uh, a guy in Cape Cod. It's called Walcott. Walcott. Yeah. And the song's about, like, all these vampires, like, waking up in Cape Cod on, like, a weekend he was there. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, they also wrote a... I don't know if it was, like, a short... A short, short film. Okay. It was a short film. Yeah, so Ezra, in the summer between freshman and sophomore year of college at Columbia, he wrote this short film about um, this guy, Walcott, who goes to Cape Cod and <laughs> fights vampires, and they were going to film it. They only worked on it for two days, but a lot of the songs on the first album right. are sort of concept songs that would have fit in with that movie. That's interesting. And 
It's kind of similar yeah. to the movie that I made with Chris freshman year, in which. <laughs> uh, which movie was, was that? I actually don't remember. Without you, and then filmed you dancing on the table with no shirt on. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, that was. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, filmed that during finals. Um, I remember. Good yeah, times. but no, that so. So Walcott's definitely like fits into that theme. I don't know how I don't think all fits of them into do. that theme. I think, so. but yeah. If there is one song that is associated with Vampire Weekend, it is a punk. You is know it what? on like a iTunes commercial or something? It probably was, but the reason that everyone knows that song is because it is the first song. On most people's oh, iPods back in the day, because a hyphen alphabetically, that's a hilarious. dash, yeah. So everyone listened to a punk, it's which actually, is a fantastic song. I, it's probably like my fifth or sixth favorite song from the album. Is and isn't that crazy that it? I think it's such a good song, yeah. but I agree, it's not the best song um, on the album. Yeah, it, it was, was such a, a good album. And like, I really like. I'm just looking at the track list right now. Mansard Roof is really good. Oxford Comma is great. I think that's the one with Little John. Mm-hmm. Shout out in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really good. Cape also, Plus great Plus music really good. video. Oh my god! I haven't actually so seen the music video. What happens of, in the music it video? It sort of fits in with like the vampire-ish theme. Um, so it's like it takes place in like Cape Cod. And, like, there's, like, this goth girl in Cape Cod, and she, like, feels really out out of place because she's, like, super goth and, like, wears all black and, like, a lot of, like, eyeshadow and stuff like that. And then I think uh, Ezra Koenig plays, like, some preppy guy who's, like, uh, like courting her or whatever. Yeah, yeah. play is some preppy and guy. And then, like, whatever, like, it all goes... There's like all this like oh will they won't they, and then at the end they're like walking into the woods, and uh, it's kind of like thriller, <laughs> um, you know in thriller where like Michael Jackson turns into like a werewolf. So Ezra, yeah, like I think they kiss or something, and then Ezra like goes into like a similar transformation and turns into a goth. He like has like a a cure, black cure T-shirt or something and black skinny jeans. <laughs> It's really oh, good that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should I should definitely watch um, that. Yeah, Campus is a good song too. Um, a lot of really good songs. Blake's got a new face. Yeah, <laughs> great song. <laughs> great song. Um, um, yeah. Honestly, there are, I think there are probably only a few not memorable songs on that. Mansard Roof is oh, not like a great song, I think. It's just sort of there. Okay. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> I agree. Um, not a fan. But the, I stand corrected. Which one? It's okay. Yeah, I think both of those are yeah. sort of the slower ones on the album. Yeah, but it was a great, great then, album. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then they kind of like this was this definitely had, I feel like, the heavy like African, especially like Cape Cod, Kwasa Kwasa, like the, I don't yeah. know, like bongo or whatever stuff that was going on in there. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to like add to from this one? No, not from this one, but in the period between this album and um, LP two Contra. Mm-hmm. They did have two singles. They had yeah. Ladies of Cambridge, yep. which is a great song, and Arrows, oh, which I, I actually it. hadn't it heard like until yesterday. Or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it was. It's just That's listed weird. as a single. I thought you were... Um, yeah. Ladies of Cambridge was the B-side for Mr. Oh, Roof as a single. Yeah. But well, Arrows is sort of there. To that. I wonder if it's... It's it's definitely it fits into that era. It's not a super memorable song. I understand okay. why it was cut from the album, but it's it's oh, there if yeah. you want more Vampire Weekend. 
Um, yeah, and then after that, I guess if you're good with moving on, they did Contra. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but, like, so after, like, initially not liking Vampire Weekend because it had associated with Twilight <laughs> and as, like, a 16-year-old boy, I was, like, yeah, just, like, took a hard stand for, like, no reason against all things, like, Vampire. I was, like, I'm... I don't like that. I don't like Twilight. Um, probably overcompensating for something. But eventually I got into it. <laughs> yeah. For your pale skin. And yeah, exactly. And iron deficiency. Um, I got super into Vampire Weekend and then was so psyched for the second album, Contra. And when it came out, I was mm-hmm. like totally deflated. I did not like it at all. Really? Really, I really, really liked it. I liked it more than the first album. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there are a few songs that I liked, but um, I really didn't like like the slower songs on it. I liked. I, I think that's what I liked about the album was the first album felt more mm-hmm. poppy and fast paced, and it was good. Um, but the second one was immediately right. sort of darker. It, and it felt like there was more meaning in the songs than the first that's, album. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, but also, I find I, I had to look up what horchata was. And oh, I yeah, still have man. not had horchata, dude. It's the best. No, there's a place by my apartment that yeah, sells pop horchata, some of those, pop some of those lactate pills and grab some. <laughs> <laughs> I first year first year of med school. Uh, some of my friends went down to this place and they said, uh, we're going to this uh, burrito mm-hmm. place. I said, why are you going to this burrito place? We're going to go get horchata. And I was Finally. like, oh my God, I forgot about You mean the Vampire Weekend album or song? <laughs> um, um, yeah, but uh, that's interesting. Like I, I definitely, like when it came out, I remember I was like, I really liked the song Run, Cousins, which I think was like the lead single probably, and Giving Up the Gun. Like yeah. I liked all those. And I also remember Giving Up the Gun music video had uh, Jake Gyllenhaal playing tennis in like, yeah. I remember like that one. White yeah. polo shirt and white shorts. That's that's funny because I, I guess Ezra oh, really? loves tennis. I mean, that fits yeah. in with, like... We'll, we'll come back okay. to that with Neo Yokio. Um, Did dude, you like so, that Sun? Originally, like, I hated those songs. Like, I freaking hated that song. And, like, I think you're a Contra. Um, and then I think... You know when you, like, listen to an album and you're, like really polarized by things and like half the songs you hate half of them you love um and then you go back like maybe a year or two later and listen to the ones you hate and then you actually really like them so that's how i felt about those and i like those became like my favorite songs from this album like diplomat's son and yeah diplomat's son i think you're a contra many years later they became some of my favorites and um I also, I think part of it was like, I got, maybe it was just a coincidence, but so apparently the album Contra and like the song, I think you're a Contra. And I think one of, some of the lyrics in it are like partially inspired by The Clash, the album really? Sandinista. Yeah. Um, Cause Sandinista is like, you know, so a Sandinista was like a rebel fighter in Nicaragua in like the civil war Mm -hmm. in the eighties and um, America sent the, or trained these uh, counter fighters called Contras, right? Contra in Spanish, Um, like counterinsurgency. And so uh, that's where, I don't know, they were like, let's call it Contra in honor of like these, like the Reagan trained dudes. Um, and there's like a, 
there's like a lyric and I, th- I can't remember if it's a diplomat son or I think you're a contra, but I think it's about like listening. It's about like Sandinista and there's also a reference to another Clash song, Complete Control. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, those, I really ended up enjoying those songs and like, I feel like with I Think You're a Contra, you can totally see like with the music, it kind of sounded like where Rostam was like big into yeah. that. Like, yeah, I don't know about his, more of his newer stuff, but like when he was like coming out with music at that time, like the song Wood, I feel like it was like, it was like, okay, I could, this is totally like Rostam, like writing the, the music for like that song. That's interesting. I didn't know Rostam at that time was already working on his solo stuff. Yeah. So that, that, song wood came out a while ago um, but that's on his most recent album from this year are you serious yeah i did not know that so it must be a re-recorded version yeah wood is on half light coming out from, in 2017 because it originally came out in 2011 wow yeah i had no idea um oh so i'm kind of interested in like hearing what the new version sounds like I'm sure it's. I'm sure he's re-recorded it. Yeah, probably. And one one more thing about Contra is I just looked it up on Genius, and apparently, uh, in the song Contra is. What is it? Just to mean someone is the opposite of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. it probably has multiple meanings in this sense, which right. is why it's a good lyric. Like it's not all about. Uh the like Iran Contra affair or something. <laughs> it's not just a, <laughs> a long metaphor for their yes. political feelings. Exactly. <laughs> Covered most of the songs. Did you like that? That was another one English? I was like kind of iffy and I still kind of feel that way. Like I kinda like it, but like I'm not always yeah. in the mood for that. But I I agree. And White yeah. Sky also I feel that way about. Um and did you know there's a California English part two? That until like 30 minutes ago. So, th- so yeah, in between uh, LP two and LP three, there were actually a bunch of uh, singles and individual songs that didn't make it onto the album. So there's California English part two, which is very bad. <laughs> it's a very bad song. <laughs> no, you should you have to listen to it just mm. for completionist's sake, but. It's not a great song. There's okay. Giant, which is a great song. And I think that was actually included as a bonus track oh, cool. on some of the original versions. Because I remember that song as part of the album, but it doesn't That's seem to be on happens. the album. Yeah. There's Holiday. I, um, yeah, that is a great song. Which is a great song. That's on the album, though. And yeah. there... Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So then... the But when it was released as a single, um, oh, Ottoman was the B-side really like of that. And that's not on the album. Ottoman is a great song, and it is made even better by the Kid uh, Cudi version. I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, fa- the fact is, it is a great song, and there is also a version yeah. where Kid Cudi raps over it, which you should listen to. It's called right. Cutter is Back. That, to me, is categorized as one of those songs where like, the best part of the rap song is like the song that they sample. Where it's like, I just want to go back. That's and totally to fair. Um, but now when I go back and listen to Ottoman, it sounds sort of incomplete without other yeah. lyrics on top of it. I mean, there are the original lyrics. So, yeah, but the original lyrics, I think. It's hard when you go from yeah. a hip hop song back to alt rock because it's slower and it's, right. it's less exciting. So I is think. that song about like ottoman turks or is it about like the the furniture piece (laughs) my understanding is it's about the furniture piece because the lyric goes ottoman couch how handsome your furniture i think you're right about that (laughs) so i can see how it's a little bit of a slower song (laughs) let's see let's see what genius has to say about that I thought it had to do something. I think I thought they talked about like Turkish things in the song too. 
Um, maybe. Oh, it was also included on uh, the playlist for Nick and Nora's. Oh my god! I playlist. It was okay. It I was like never saw it. It was one of those movies where it's like you're really excited about like a really funny person who's been in a lot of good movies, and then it's just like a kind of a letdown. It was more of a rom com than I expected. Okay. Yeah, I don't see anything about uh, <laughs> the Ottoman Empire about Turkish influence. Yeah, so I think it's just Damn. about the Ottoman couch. Um, one last point mm-hmm. on Contra, at least for me. Um, so the mm-hmm. album cover. Is, yeah, the album cover is I interesting. I think it was just like a found photograph, right? It was from like, I don't know. It's just like some preppy woman, um, like blonde woman with like a popped polo shirt. And I think she yeah. like sued them. She did. It's a really interesting story. Their cover art in yeah. general is really, really interesting. So let's touch on that a little bit. In the first album, Vampire Weekend... The cover art is just a chandelier oh. in one of the sort of secret societies right, right. in Columbia University called St. Anthony's Hall, Yeah, which is. is just a really interesting cover. And then the Contra cover, it uh, what happened was there was this model named Anne Kristen Kennis. Uh, the photographer put this picture on his Flickr page. Vampire Weekend was just looking around online and uh, they found this picture. They bought it from the photographer for $5,000. But he never told her, he never told the model that uh, it was going to be used on an album cover. So she found out because her daughter brought home a copy of Contra (laughs) and her picture was on it. (laughs) Yeah. So she sued Vampire Weekend and the photographer. They all settled, I think. Um, And... Yeah, now it's just a piece of random music trivia, but yeah. it was kind of funny at the time. It is, it's such an interesting cover. Like, it's a really weird picture. It feels it like is. sterile almost. It is. You know? Yeah, I think Rustin, Rustin said that that picture uh, just felt like that's the weird. album when we saw yeah. it. So that's why they wanted it. Yeah. Um, but, but between Contra and Modern Vampires of the City, they also did. An iTunes session. I do. do you remember iTunes sessions? Spotify sessions, right? Now they do Spotify sessions. It's really interesting. But the iTunes sessions stuff are not available right. anywhere except for Apple. And and I actually, one of my favorite Vampire Weekend songs is from their 2010 iTunes session. It's a cover oh, really? of Springsteen. It? It's called I'm Going Down. What, what album is yeah. that from? Like... It's it's not on an album. It's just a cover oh, they did for the iTunes Springsteen. session. I'm going down. Okay. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. From Born in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> I it's a hear it's that. a fantastic cover. You should, so you should definitely listen to that. They like played some of their music and then also had one or two covers thrown in. I think it actually might have just been a two-song oh, EP. Yeah. Well, let's see. On their iTunes page. Oh, no. I was completely wrong. <laughs> um, it is a six-song mm-hmm. EP where they play a bunch of their own songs, and then also they have this cover. And I think, if unless I'm wrong, there might be a part of... Do you remember Shakira's song for the World Club called Waka Waka? I think at the end of this Bruce Springsteen cover, they have a bit of Waka Waka. Waka Waka. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Let's see. Hey, that was a big deal back in it... 2010 or whatever. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's not actually Waka Waka that they sample. It is a song that Waka Waka sampled. Oh, God. That's so called that's... Zamina Mini. Like golden sound. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Anyways, it's a great song. You should absolutely listen to it. All twelve of our listeners yeah. who are listening to this. I have a tangent real quick on Shakira. Um, a few months ago, I man, it might have been like in Puerto Rico or something. And you know, like the song um, 
Hips Don't Lie. <laughs> Do I know the song Hips Don't Lie? Uh, you know how the beginning goes like, it's that like horn intro? That yeah. is also a sample from like a famous like Colombian song, which I did not know. I heard that song. and I was Really? Like, and then I was expecting to hear Shakira. And then it was just like some random yeah. Colombian guy singing. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Wow. I have to say, the Shakira song is better. And the thing is, we even have a Colombian friend, and she failed to mention this to us. I think so. Not that surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Just just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, All right. I think that's everything in the era between Contra and modern vampires. And then... um, then there's modern vampires. You know yeah, the cover art like for this is New York City. Um, so it looks like it's like, I mean, it's like a foggy morning. This is like a amazing, like mm-hmm. super beautiful, like album cover. I'm just, it is just looking at it now. It's it like, is, yeah. Um, I guess it's facing downtown New York or something. Yeah, it's so facing like, south. Yeah, uh, financial district or whatever. And then they have like. Mm-hmm. the like super nice script modern vampires of the city in the top right corner and then like yeah the classic yeah. and i think they, they probably use this font for like they at least use it for contra maybe their first album too just like the regular white vampire weekend over the middle it's an amazing album cover all in black and white i agree the picture is actually apparently a famous picture taken on november 24th oh, 1966 really? On the smoggiest no day in New York City history, when and 169 oh people God. died during that day. That's interesting. The picture is taken from the Empire State Building at 8:30 wow. in the morning, That's facing smog? south. Jeez. Yeah. Huh. I knew LA was smoggy, but not it's New such York. Such a haunt. It's. <laughs> it's such a haunting it cover. It kind of feels like there's vampires out there or something. Right. That's exactly it. Um. In my mind, like, there was so much time in between Contra and Modern Vampires. Yeah. It was only and three years. It's crazy now that it's been five years. It doesn't feel like it's been yeah, absolutely. that long, really. Um, no. But, yeah, I don't know. What are your, what are your impressions of this album? I, I absolutely love Modern Vampires of the City. That is my yeah. favorite album of 2013 by favorite far. Vampire Weekend album? I think. Yeah, me too. Favorite too, Vampire Weekend sure. album, absolutely. It's the <clears throat> perfect... I think it took them even further in like the dark direction that Contra yeah. did from their first album. Um, but there's also a lot of fun <laughs> stuff on there. Diane Young is a very fun song. Um, and actually, I think this was one of their few songs that has a lot of electronic manipulation oh, really? on it, too. Huh. Mm-hmm. During the chorus. Oh, you're where right. He, uh, boo, 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 where they're saying that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have done you're it right, better myself. Exactly. Um, when you hear when the part where they're saying Diane uh, Young, oh, it's supposed to sound what like do you Diane hear? Young, right? That's and what I, I always that's heard. Like one of the major theme, like the theme of like getting older and like death and stuff like that and like death and like you know trying to make a life like carpe diem sort of crap i think that's like one of the themes of this album right and like yeah yeah kind of finding meaning and stuff like that so um i think it's supposed to sound like that yeah i think it is it's a pun on live fast, die young. Live fast, die young. Okay. And <laughs> I th- did his sob actually catch on fire? I do remember in the music fire? video they had a sob and they lit it on fire. Interesting. Wow, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, they're from McLean, uh, McLean. Virginia. At least Rostam is. McLean, yeah. That's true. I, I don't. I'm from Maryland. You don't deal with South of the Potomac.
else? Is there anything else about Diane yeah, Younger? Let's songs. go into some other songs. Um, what what's Step? Is Step really is amazing. Good. I think I think that's my favorite. Yeah. Song from this album. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite song, but it's. Uh, I think actually, Yahe might song. be my favorite song. Um. And, w- and weirdly, Hannah Hunt is really, really good. And that was one of the right, ones that I didn't like initially. Slower, um, but I, mm-hmm. maybe you feel the same way, but I love like when it builds up to like the last, basically like the last chorus yeah. where he's like basically like screaming. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of the drop <laughs> yeah, on an LCD sound system that. song. Right. Like on Dent Yourself Clean where the first five minutes are just nothing and then everything goes to hell so songs, That's like how that are, songs like that are great but in a good because, way like you're always like looking forward to like that one moment you know and then you're and then the song ends and you're yeah. feeling satisfied and it sucks when like the best part is at the beginning <laughs> and you have to listen to some boring stuff at the yeah. end so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like life so, except in reverse right all the boring exactly we're already we're already past the good part <laughs> <laughs> we're over the hump of our mid twenties. Um, I like I really liked Obvious Bicycle too, which I guess like sampled some reggae song, which I think they got in trouble for or something. <laughs> they they have a weird amount of yeah, uh, reggae influence. Reggae is so good. Reggae and dancehall. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're a big Shaggy fan. <laughs> I am a huge Shaggy fan. I really enjoyed listening to Shaggy and Sting's I really collaborative album. Live before Game Three of the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> Although Shaggy didn't sing like oh any God. songs, which I was pretty disappointed. He just was the hype man for Sting. Typical Shaggy. And uh, his buddy from uh, it wasn't me wasn't there either. Although Sting should have sang that part. No, he wasn't. Ravon was there? Or wasn't there? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Um, I think that is their last musical output as a group until uh, 2014. Until 2014? And then what happened? In 2014, Sweetheart 2014 came out, which is a team-up between Starbucks and some music company, um, and they release albums every year around oh Valentine's gosh. Day. And Vampire Weekend uh, did Time to Say Goodbye, Conte <laughs> Partido, and it's an amazing reggae-influenced oh version That's of that so song. Yeah. I didn't know about the song until I was researching for this episode yesterday, and the it best. might be up there in some of my favorite Vampire Weekend songs. <laughs> Maybe the best songs of I all time. I doubt it. I mean, like, you know, such a beautiful song. And <laughs> throw the reggae in there. What could go wrong? Yeah. It's like marrying the Andrea Bocelli version <laughs> with Shaggy. I think. Um, and there's also, I think, oh, not as a group, but do you remember how Converse yes. used to release those singles? Uh, I think Rossum was on one with Kid Cudi oh, and Best Coast. That's weird. Called All Summer. That. Interesting. It's a great song. Um, that actually might that might have been before Modern okay. Vampires, cool. but it's a fantastic song as well. And then Ezra, <laughs> Ezra has been doing Ezra stuff, and Rossum uh, mm-hmm. left the group in 2016 and has been uh, doing a lot of interesting musical stuff. He did a collaboration with a collaboration album with uh, Hamilton Lighthouser, mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name, um, in 2016 called I Had mm-hmm. a Dream That You Were Mine. And I didn't know about this until last year. And I think it was my oh, most really? played album of last year, actually. Mm-hmm. And there, if you're going to listen to it, the three best songs on this are A Thousand Times, Sick as a Dog, and In a so Blackout. Does. Rostam do any of the singing or does he just do the music? He's kind of like the producer. He doesn't actually do any of the singing. He does the beats. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
And I think they went on tour. I didn't see them. Uh, one of my friends did. He said they were really, really good. Oh, interesting. Um, and then in 2017, Rostam released right. his solo album. Which is called? Which is called? Half Light. Half Light. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good album. It's very different, I think, than Vampire Weekend because Rostam is actually singing on it as mm-hmm. well. It's a little bit slower. Um. But the song Bike Dream on it is the best song on the album. And it could easily be a Vampire Weekend song. Wood is on there, that version you were talking about earlier. Um, I'll have to listen to the 2011 version because I'm not sure how they're different. But I think this is the one that sounds sort of like it has a lot of Indian influence. When they first released it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Hamilton Lighthouser is the guy from The Walkman. Interesting. Okay. Guan is another really good song on Half Light. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And they also, I guess Spotify does these holiday singles now. And there's a really good version of Fairy Tale of New York that Rossum did. Um, It's like sort of a Christmassy song. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's a really enjoyable. It kind of sounds like an Irish jig. Yeah. And... Yeah, I guess he released a single called In a River in 2018, but I haven't listened to that yet. So Yeah, he's probably a really good. talented guy. Um, yeah. Man, I wonder how he got, like, like where does his... You must just listen to, like, a ton of, uh, I don't know, like, Af- African and Indian. And, I mean, he's, like, Persian, right? So I'm guessing Persian stuff, too. Yeah, he is. Probably. Um, I think he produced a little bit on Frank Ocean as well. I remember that. And I, I think he produced... On Blonde. I'm pretty sure he produced like the one song I really <laughs> I liked from that. Which was... Um, which one? Let me look this up. He did Ivy and Siegfried? I think it's Ivy. One second. That album was... To me, at least, a letdown. From... I'm not a huge Frank Ocean fan, so I don't yeah. know if I ever actually listened to that. Um, Ivy. I, Ivy they... is okay. fantastic. And there was a song that he produced, and and the production is one of the best parts. So They they both ended up doing a lot of producing stuff in the off-season between Vampire Weekend. As you well, so. mm-hmm. He produced a song on Lemonade. That's right. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, it's because back in the day, he was apparently a huge Destiny (laughs) Child fan. So anyone's dream can come true. So really, I'm basically Ezra Koenig. I'm a survivor. He got a Grammy nomination for that. For his means a lot to everyone in the music industry. Um, what else has Ezra been doing? He hosts a uh, radio show on Apple Music called cool. Time Crisis. What's the, what's the theme of that? He, it's um, it's news and rock music and snacks, and according snacks. to their Wikipedia page. Like, I've never listened to it. <laughs> yeah, extra crispy yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I guess I I would love to listen to it, but I'm not gonna. Uh, subscribe to Apple to Music. Subscribe. That's lame. Yeah. Um, and what else? Did you know he's dating Rashida Jones? I did not. Isn't she a lot older? But she looks is she the same as she always has. She's forty two. He's thirty four. Yeah, I guess. Interesting. Whose mother is in Twin Peaks, and his father is Quincy Jones. Oh yeah. Wait, her no, mother Norma. is Shelly, right? Um, yeah. Norma. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. They do. <laughs> they do. Um, and what else has Ezra been doing? Uh, he did a few singles with, uh, he did one single with mm-hmm. uh, Subtract. Yeah. Is that how you say I it? I think so. New Dorp, New York, which is a great song. Um, and he was also on 
uh, I think the first or second major laser album, Free the Universe. That might have been the first one in 2013. He was on the song Jessica, which is a really slow, really mournful song. Elegy. Um, I guess about, yeah, about like this girl. Uh, but I think not, I think just that he like wants to be in a relationship with her. Mm. I wonder how not that she's dead or anything. But <laughs> I don't know if they were together. <laughs> Maybe he wrote it as Rashida and then just put Jessica in, you know, so it wasn't so obvious. It wasn't like a, um, who's the guy who's saying blurred yeah. lines? Robin Thicke. <laughs> Remember how he made that creepy album? Um, for was it Rosario Dawson? Oh, really? He, yeah, they broke up because you know he's creepy and he wrote blurred lines, which is a creepy, creepy and also song. ripped off Marvin Gaye. And yeah, he got sued for that, right? Oh, it was Paula Patton. Paula Patton. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he mm-hmm. so his so his album after he he wrote an album called Paula dedicated to Paula Patton and they were estranged and the lead lead single was get her back. And it was, it was the worst album and no one liked it. And it was really, really creepy and it did not work. He did not get her back. Should have had a better song, you know, better songs in there. Yeah. So maybe that's what's, maybe that's why Ezra didn't call it uh, Rashida. (laughs) I'm completely, completely making that up. Um, and I think that's all they've done music. No, sorry. One more thing that Ezra has done musically, uh, which I found out this morning. Uh, you know, the hit 2018 children's film, oh, Peter I? Rabbit. <laughs> um, he wrote a song for it called I Promise You. He His version is not the one on the uh, in the movie. He wrote mm. uh, He wrote the song. And he did a demo, so kinda, which is on Spotify, but his version kind of like with Elton John and Liking. I thought Elton John's version was in The Lion King. I thought it wasn't. I thought there were two versions. Oh, maybe thought, you're right. Like Disney, the characters always sing it, right? Like Simba sings yeah. that stuff. Then you have the over over the top Elton John version, which is great. Can you feel the love tonight? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. James Corden sings, I promise you, on the soundtrack. So he played Peter Rabbit? Wow. Talk about a meteoric rise in, like, this guy's career. I still... What a mediocre human. Doctor Who. I I only enjoyed him in Doctor Who. British sitcom or something, right? I'm not sure if it was British. I, I saw him in uh, The Wrong Mans, which is one of the early okay. shows on Hulu. That was actually pretty good. And then he just became really bad when yeah, he got played in the show. Stupid car karaoke thing, right? Yeah. Carpool karaoke, yeah. Which, um, to be fair, there are really? some good episodes of that. But it's just, he has the Jimmy Fallon That's syndrome like where he's trying now. too just, hard to be likable. So. Really? I, maybe I'm just... Um, People just have, don't have like long attention or, spans. You just have to like, you know, put it into like a five-minute digestible clip you can share online. I'm, so that's not the problem. Five-minute clips are fine. It's during those five minutes just incessantly needing the approval of everyone you're with. Yeah, that's exhausting. He, I don't know about uh, Corden, but Jimmy Fallon is kind of annoying in that sense. Kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently, what else there's is there a new for... album coming out. Um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Oh, but before that, we have to talk about of the highlight the of anything anyone in involved in Vampire Weekend has done, and I think you know sure do. what I that mean, is. The highlight of anyone's career would certainly be anime, right? I mean. Or, or even a show specifically not designated as anime, but designated as oh, anime-influenced. And of course, we're talking about the singular Neo-Yokio on Netflix. <laughs> oh my god, I tried to watch this. I tried so hard yesterday. Did you, were you able to make it through the first episode? Try. 
Okay, I tried. I got 17 minutes in, and these episodes are only 22 minutes. There's only six episodes, so it would easily be something you could sit down in like one afternoon, watch for yeah. like two, two or three hours. What it makes it so bad? So bad. So you know yeah, Jaden Smith. Page right now. <laughs> Jaden Smith is the main character in this called Kazkan. The show is set in this um, sort of alternate fantasy okay. New York City called uh, Neo Yokio, and the premise is there in, in the past there were like these demonic invasions, um, and the elite of Neo Yokio had to let in. Um, these magicians who were lower class, they called them rat catchers. And these magicians all had pink hair. And so they had to let in these magicians to take care of the demonic invasions. Um, And so now generations later, the magicians are like part of Neo Yokio upper society, but there's still like this class divide, which is, I guess, an interesting premise, sort of. (laughs) It's a premise at least. Um. And the problem with the show is I don't think it's supposed to be a comedy. Satire, but they but maybe I'm wrong. Later. <laughs> okay. If it's meant to be a comedy, uh, it's a great comedy. I don't get the impression from watching it that it is meant to be a comedy. It seems like watching a train wreck in slow motion. Jaden Smith cannot act. He cannot even horrible. voice act. But I am looking at the other... Ju- like the cast, and it's like extremely like impressive. Jude Law, Jude Steven Law is Strandon, in this. Jason Schwartzman, they're all in the main cast. You also have mm-hmm. uh, under recurring Richard Ayoade. <laughs> oh my God! From the IT crowds, um, Willow Smith, uh, whatever. So Jaden Smith's sister, Steve Buscemi guest appearance, Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my, oh my god. god. Wait, the best part. This Ray Wise, who plays uh in Twin Peaks, um what's his name? What's his face? Um Leland Palmer. <laughs> oh my god. So obviously wow. Ezra is a Twin Peaks fan. <laughs> Clearly. This is not this is a show that would not have been approved if anyone besides oh, Netflix, Netflix will let anything happen. And anyone besides Ezra <laughs> Netflix will let anything happen that is um yeah that generates totally. buzz for them, I think. And this is absolutely a buzzy show. Because at least one episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean I'm sure they put out tons of um probably mediocre yeah. anime. Um probably some probably some good stuff too to be fair. But I think this is one where they said, "Ah, we'll get the youth to to subscribe to Netflix yeah. with Neo Yoko." Totally how they talk. Yes, they're um, in the first episode. You know, you know, Jaden's mm-hmm. tweets or um, yeah, his like life ramblings. It feels like he wrote his own dialogue for this show. Really? Because I'm sure he didn't. I'm not sure if he did. I'm sure he didn't, but it feels like he did. There's a there's a scene, the first scene you're introduced to his character. He's sitting by a tennis court on top of a skyscraper, drinking an Americano, uh, watching specifically an Americano. players play tennis, specifically an Americano. And I know that because later there's a scene where, um, does it say who Susan Sarandon plays in the show? Is it Aunt Agatha? Yep. Okay, so there's a scene later where he's getting lunch with Aunt Agatha, and Aunt Agatha slams her fist on the table and says, there's more to life than just watching tennis and drinking Americana. (laughs) So in that first scene, uh, Jaden Smith, I'm not going to bother calling him by the character's name because the (laughs) character is just Jaden Smith. Um, He, Jude Law's character (laughs) is his robot butler, of course. Um, and Jude Law's character says, oh, I have this watch repaired for you. And Jaden Smith looks at the watch and uh, in, on the back of the watch is this inscription from this girl, uh, Kathy, I think. And they clearly have broken up. And he says, oh, Kathy or something. 
Then he throws the watch over the side of the skyscraper and then just goes on this long rant about how meaningless life is. And then two random people come up to him and say, oh, you're going to be there for the field hockey game today, right? We need you. And he's like, no, I can't. Uh, like, life is meaningless. And then Jude Law's character says, you're going to be late for lunch with Aunt Agatha. And I felt like... Um, I felt like someone was uh, was pranking me. This isn't this is not that real. entire five minute Show exchange. Th- this I'm this is one hundred percent actually. So you didn't I, just, I can't believe it. It's That's uh, no, I can make it through. It's unintentionally hilarious. I feel like it's got to be like partially like. Let's just. I'm I'm sure. Let's just see what we can throw out there. Which seems messed up. Yeah. It's like colossal and, waste of the time of all the people who had to make this show. I mean, if if it gets people, if it if people watch it and people enjoy it and it gets people to subscribe to Netflix or keep their subscriptions, I'm sure it's a win for. Okay, them. did you? Um, season two hasn't been commissioned, but they did. Uh, there is oh, going to be a holiday special. So it must this year. People must like it. Yeah. Did you get to this Yeah, I guess it must be pretty popular. Wikipedia, and it says, former fashion blogger Helena mm-hmm. St. Tessero becomes reacquainted with Kaz oh, yeah. after he yeah, performs she gets... exorcism on a possessed Chanel suit. <laughs> yeah, so the I got to the part where he uh, she has gotten the Chanel suit from the uh, Prime Minister of oh, Chanel. God. Not joking. Um, and and she uh, he tries to exercise her, but um, he can't. And now the big conflict in this episode is, will he try to exercise her and like complete the exorcism or will he go play in this field hockey game against his arch rival, uh, Archangelo? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm never going to watch another episode. Archangelo, <laughs> who is Jason Schwartzman. There was, yeah, he's so, he's so Jason Schwartzman. Um, there's a Babylon five reference oh, really? in the show That's as a perfume. Is. Yeah. There's a perfume called Babylon Babylono <laughs> Five or something. He he's he notices the scent when he is sitting in his own grave, which he has designed ahead of time. That just sounds so annoying. So, so it's a really really great show, and everyone should watch it. Yo yo yo. So that's what Ezra has been up to. That's what Rostam has been up to. Um, I don't know. What have what have the rest of the people um, in the band been doing? That is a good question. I mean, living life, I guess. Yeah. Yes. What have we all been doing? So Chris Thompson, who's a drummer, also released his own solo album uh, called Youngish American. <laughs> oh, it did this has been right after David Bowie died. Did so in fact, it was. <laughs> February 2017. Oh, wow. Um, Pitchfork gave the album a 4.6 out of 10, stating the hapless solo debut from the Vampire Weekend drummer is excruciatingly self-reflexive. That sounds pretty bad. Pitchfork. It's, Pitchfork yeah, I, is I don't just... read that anymore. A song on the album called Pretty Good Wi-Fi, which I kind of want to hear now. Hmm. Yeah, that's an intriguing title. It speaks <laughs> to me on a personal level. Okay, then the other guy, yeah. Chris Bio, who's the bass player, also did his own. So all of these guys have done solo stuff to a certain extent. Although I don't think Ezra's done okay. a solo album. <clears throat> he hasn't done a solo album. But, he just pops uh, up here and there. Chris Bio has two albums. First one came out in 2015 called The Names, and the second one came out last year, 2017. It's called Man of the World. Um, but uh, they don't have Wikipedia pages, so I can't find out much more. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to go check that out. And uh, so, um, new album should be coming out soon. So, the new album is completely done recording and mastering, they said. Um, the working title has been Mitsubishi mm-hmm. Macchiato. And on his uh, Instagram, uh, in researching this yesterday, he said, that's not necessarily the final title. Ezra said this, uh, but it is a helpful concept. So that's why they've been calling it Mitsubishi Macchiato. I don't know what concept that is, (laughs) but it's intriguing. He said it's going to be more of a a springtime album. Um, And he said that he was inspired by uh, musicians who you can hear... In, in the first few seconds of the song, you know who is singing and why they are singing. 
So I think it'll it's supposed to be a little less esoteric than some really? of their other Did stuff. Did he say that, or do you just get that um, mm-hmm. that comment? Okay. No, he said that. Interesting. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, talking about pre-release inter- uh, interview stuff for any album, it's meaningless because it, it doesn't matter what they say. Yeah, it's exactly. Just about how There's the music only so sounds. much you can describe, especially when you don't want to give away too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, the people who have heard their live stuff uh, from LP4, That's they say it's really good. So I'm really excited for the album. Um Given that it's completely done and that it was probably supposed to come out sometime in 2018, I'm optimistic that we'll be hearing it. I hope so. Months. It's weird that he said it was a springtime album and they would release it in yeah. fall or winter. But also, I could see them not getting <laughs> And like, also, that's like one comment, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think springtime as a concept, you know, yeah. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> the other thing is he said, uh, or someone said in one of the interviews I was reading that um, the themes of Neo Yokio might oh, carry over no. into the album. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay, because I think the themes of Neo Yokio, from what I can see so far, uh, would work better in three-minute segments than in a 22-minute uh, show. Well, it has, it's macchiato, not Americano, though. Oh, yeah, it's going to be very different. Was that like steamed milk or something with foam? <laughs> I think yeah, and maybe maybe chocolatey influence. Sounds a little better than Americano. <laughs> Americano yeah. is just espresso and water. It was um, from Americans in World War Two because the in Europe, the coffee. I didn't uh, know they, that. they didn't really drink coffee; they just drank from. espresso. Yeah, so they America's just added hot. Like, we don't like they just added hot water. Strong, and it's too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it, it's just diluted espresso, yeah. essentially. It's really good, actually. I'm a fan. I like having, like, a big cup of coffee. I don't know how, like, Italians do just the little sip and then... Yeah. Interestingly, the first Starbucks just opened up in oh, wow. Milan. The first Starbucks in Italy Whoa, opened up, Italy? and it's in Milan. Damn. Mm-hmm. They'd never been able to break into the Italian market yet. That makes sense. And I remember when... I was in Spain. There was like one Starbucks in the town that I was in. And mm-hmm. um, it was it was kind of like American Starbucks, but it was so freaking expensive. And like Spanish teenagers mm-hmm. would like to go and like get uh, like Frappuccinos and stuff. Like that's, they you would just get like the most ridiculous drinks because you wouldn't just get a coffee there. If you wanted a coffee, you would just get an espresso yeah. or something. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting the culture of it. I remember um, we have a friend who mm-hmm. uh, lives in Milan, um, and I think he hates oh, Starbucks, really? from what I remember. I did not. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just impossible to get a good cup of coffee in Europe. They didn't. They just don't know what they're doing. You got to make it. It, it <laughs> was really disappointing, like getting up in the morning and then like. Just being like, I just want to like sit for like ten minutes with a cup of coffee, and you just finish that espresso in ten seconds, and then yeah. you're like, well, I want another one, and then you're yeah. over caffeinated. Just like, <laughs> it really, it's is. A travesty is what it is. Thank God we have Mitsubishi yeah. Macchiato to save us. Um, I would actually be okay if that was what it ended the, up being called. I kind of like the title, but I do too. I like the but alliteration. I feel like if they if that's like the working title that uh, they released a while ago, I feel like they'll probably change it. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. But maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what they'll do? Well, uh, what we should do is record an addendum to oh, this yeah, episode review. whenever it comes out. Yeah. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention is I did oh, see really? them live a few years ago after Modern Vampires at uh, Virgin oh, Prefest, the last uh, Prefest. Yeah, they uh, performed. They were really, really good. Yeah, the set was a little bit short, um, but um, they were really good live performance. It's exactly cool. how they sound. You should see them. Yeah, we so they're a really good live band. Tour. Absolutely, and uh, I guess Rostam won't tour with them, but he will be uh, okay. producing a few of the songs still so it should still That's sound like classic vampire weekend and then maybe yeah. a little bit updated Very yeah interesting 
And I, I think that's everything there is to say for now yeah. about Vampire Weekend. I think so. What do you think? I wonder how long the band will go on. You know, one member already left. I wonder how many more albums they have left in them. I think... Um, I think given the like the five year gap, I think they can, and they got really, yeah. really they're really, really popular for, uh, they're, like they're not small, band. they're like bands. a big, so I think they can go on. It's just a question a if they want to. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing about a band like this is it's all yeah. pretty much the singer. The beats are very important, but given that Rostam is still working with them, even mm-hmm. though he's not technically in the band. Um, Ezra could probably keep it going yeah. as long as he wants. And it sounds like he has no plans to stop. He can just take these long hiatuses in between. That's good. I like that's that. That's fine. I like, I like his lyrics. I like that they're like esoteric. And I feel like part of it is like with a wink, right? He's like, I know, I know this is like, that's, that's the yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're sort yeah. of satirizing themselves but at some point. It is always funny when you hear like, like for me still, I'll like listen to something on the first album and like hear a reference and like it finally clicks for me. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know they like referenced. Like one example is like they sing about like the Kyber Pass or like they, <laughs> What's it's that? this pass in the Himalayas between like Indi- like outside of India. It's like the only way to get into <laughs> India from the West. And like for years, it just like was one of those lyrics that went in one ear and not the other. And I had just like read about it or something, and then listened to Vampire Weekend again. I was like, oh my god, they just referenced the freaking Kyber Pass. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They um in the song Step, they the first line mentions oh, yeah. Angkor Wat, the temple complex Cambodia. in um, in Cambodia. Yeah, and I saw that a few like, years okay. ago. And the, that song was just stuck in my head awesome. the entire day. It has nothing to do with the rest of the song. Freak. Wait, no, that's a different part. It goes back, back, way back. I oh, used yeah. to Mechanics front like Anchor Wat. And Dar Mechanicsburg, Salam. Anchorage, and Dar Salaam. Yeah. They just mentioned Actually, a bunch of places. Actually, when I moved here to San Francisco, there's an album. It's the same, it's the same song. Um, he talks about a lot of Bay Area cities. Alone in New York and San Francisco. Or no, alone in New York and something, something, San tapes San from L.A. But actually slash San Oakland Francisco. and not Alameda. Yeah. Your girl was in Berkeley in the comments. <laughs> there you go. All those. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's a travelogue song. All right. Well, that was our, uh, our series yeah. of Vampire Weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.